Okay, imagine this. It's the first time we have ever met him. And he looks super important. He looks confident. He looks uh, stoic. He seems important, though I don't know why he's important. And then he's super kind to us. He shows us to our seat. He sits down. And the first thing he asks us, how do you feel about fundamental truth number 11? If you don't know him, his name is Jim Palmer, and he is the missions director for the state of Ohio, and now he is the assistant, what is he? Like, really super important. He's <laughs> like the assistant presbyter, no, 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 uh, superintendent. He's assistant superintendent. At the time, he was the secretary. I'm so sorry. Super big deal. He asks us, how do you feel about fundamental truth number 11? And me, I'm thinking fundamental truth number 11. How do I feel about fundamental truth number 11? Right now, I feel like I wish I knew what fundamental truth number 11 was. <laughs> it seems important. What is it? So this is the first time we had ever met Jim Palmer. My husband and I were sitting down, and he was asking us about the call to ministry. That is fundamental truth number 11. Similes of God has 16 fundamental truths. Call to ministry is a big deal. Because the call is what brings you to full full-time vocational ministry, and the call is what keeps you when it gets really hard and you want to quit and abandon ship. So, we talk about it, and we're going to come back to that in a little bit. So for you, um, my name is Brittany McAllister. My husband and I are the Kaiapa directors at Ohio University. Kaiapa is the Assemblies of God extension to secular campuses. And so we serve there as missionaries. I want to share a little bit about me and where I'm coming from and why I'm even talking about this. So I was not raised in a Christian home. We weren't even like the Easter Christmas Christians. Like we just, we never went to church. I knew nothing about God, nothing. Um, I was my senior year in high school and um, I graduated a month later. Um, I had moved out and abandoned my family and I moved in with my boyfriend and um, pretty much did the same thing that my husband, my, my dad did, I'm sorry. So I abandoned my family, and um, I got into a, like a really dark, deep depression. And um, I had kind of forgotten who I was, and I felt like I had, even though I was only 18 years old, I felt like I had thrown my entire life away. And, uh, and I ended up having a nervous breakdown, and um, the room started spinning, I started hyperventilating, it was... A horrible experience um, and I knew there was something wrong with me I'm going really quick through my testimony um, I knew there was something wrong with me um, and so I ended up going to a psychiatrist and they were gonna put me on antidepressants and the very week they were talking about that um, I ran into a guy who stopped me and he asked me if I knew who Jesus was and in our culture they'll tell you you cannot stop and ask people that that that's pushing your religion down people's throats they don't want to hear it and I promise you it's not true I wanted to know why I'm here what's my purpose there's got to be more to life than getting a good job and all this stuff so they asked me do you know who Jesus is and I said no and they got to talk about heaven and hell and why we're here and how to know God and it was like I was coming alive it's like everything I'd wanted to know they invited me to Chi Alpha. It's the first place I ever found genuinely nice people um, who just wanted to know me, so I stuck around. Um, I ended up coming to Faith. And then, um, so it was my freshman year of college. 
my junior year in college, I was sitting down with Steve Brandon, who's the Kiapa State Director, um, and he had he was my campus pastor, and he had asked. Um, I had liked the idea of being a missionary because I thought, oh, that means God's your boss, right? Like, it's not like a normal job. Like, this is God. I did not know this whole thing of assemblies of God existed. So I didn't know you had to, like, raise a budget and had to, like, have people you, like, were, like, your bosses and your bosses' bosses. Like, I thought it was just God. So I was like, I'm going to be a missionary. That sounds like fun. And so I felt like my campus pastor had said, um, I didn't feel like it. He did. He said, hey, Brittany, carve out an entire afternoon and evening and just spend time with God and ask him what your call and purpose is. And I was like, well, I can't do that. I have to work. And he was like, well, we cancel all kinds of stuff. We, we skip church. We cancel all kinds of things for God things for work stuff. Why can't we flip that? And so I took his challenge. And so I took the entire afternoon and evening off and I just spent time with God. All of this will come to a point, I promise. So I went out to this really cool, like, um, like the woods, and there was this really cool um, opening that was there, and I like stepped into it, and I was just surrounded by nothing but trees. And I was like, okay, God, if I'm going to be a missionary, then I need to know that I know that I know that you're real. So I need you, the Lord God Almighty, to step down here and show me your face. She was talking about audacity this morning. Like, what? I was so naive. <laughs> Such a child. So I'm like, God, step down here and show me your face. And, like, I hear this rustling in the bushes. And, like, I start to freak out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I cannot see God. <laughs> I'm not Moses. Like, I can't do that. Please, no. And so then I'm like, okay, okay. Then send me an angel. I want to see an angel. Like, if you send me an angel, I will believe that you are real. And I will give my life to this thing. Show me an angel. And he was wrestling again. I'm sure it was just a squirrel. Now I think that. In the moment, I was freaking out, though. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I can't see an angel. Like, that is crazy. So then I'm like, okay, clearly God is real. <laughs> because some bushes rustled, God is real. So I was like, yeah, I know, right? So now I'm like, okay, now that I know that I know God is real, I should probably read the crucifixion again, you know, just to, like, really understand what Jesus did for me. And you can't just start at the point of death. You know, like, I feel like there should have been, like, a buildup. So... I, I was at um, like a coffee shop, and I sit down, and I start reading uh, John 15. And it talks about how God is the vine, we are the branches. And if we remain in him, we remain in, if he, we remain in him, he remains in us. And then you fast forward a little bit, and it starts talking about how um, Jesus says to his disciples, you did not choose me, I chose you to go and produce fruit. And I just felt it in my core that, like, that was God speaking to me. I liked the idea of being a missionary, but he didn't, I, I did not pick it. He picked me to go and produce fruit. And honestly, after that, I had to go to the bathroom because I had to, like, take a minute and let it all soak in. Um, but I knew that I knew that I knew that I was going to be a missionary. Two years later, again, I was, like, that was like I had set myself aside and I had spent a lot of time with Jesus to hear from him. Two years later, I was just doing a random quiet time. I was just reading my Bible. I was just praying. I was just talking to Jesus. I didn't know it was going to be a monumental moment, but it was. Um, Psalm 34, 7. Psalm 34, 7. I was doing my quiet time, and I just read it. And it said, um, Psalm 34, 7, As you delight in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. 
And then I just happened to be reading at the same time Proverbs 16.1 and Proverbs 16.9. And those together, in their own way, they say that the plans belong to the man and the steps are ordained by God. And putting those two together, I felt like the Lord was saying, as you delight in me, I give you your desires. You plan your steps and I make them come to pass. And I felt like the Lord said, what are your desires? And I was like, well, my desires are for the nations to know Jesus, to be near my family, and I wanted to marry Kyle, who is my husband. And the Lord didn't say no. He just said, okay, what can you do now? And then we talked about it. And then it was like, what can you do after? And, like, that's where Kyle comes into play. The reaching the nations, um, one missionary can go to one country and reach that place. But as a Kyle missionary, I am raising up people who are going to be future missionaries like myself who didn't know anything about Jesus, then comes to faith, get faith, gets a call, and then goes and does missions. So we're raising up, we're sending out missionaries. But then other countries send their future leaders to our campuses. We share the gospel with them, and we send them out as missionaries. It's a great deal. <laughs> um, and so I felt like the, the Lord said, yes, essentially, that's what you're going to do. All that to say... <clears throat> That is kind of how I got here. I know that I have a call. I know that it's through scripture. And, and I know how to get one, which is what we're going to share here. Here, um, you are learning the tools to go back. It's not like you're going to sit here and like it's not like we have like a Ouija board or something. And you're just going to get your call right now. Like It's not like that, right? What you're going to do here is to learn the tools to go back so that way you can start to discern God's call for your life. And if you already have a call, hopefully this is also to equip you to go back to your people that you may be able to walk them through it as well. That's my hope and prayer for today. Um, so let's... So Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I'm sure a lot of us know it. Matthew 28. Go ahead, those who know it. Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. It's the, all authority has been given to me, therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them everything that I have commanded you. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, is a big deal because it's not the Great Commission for select Christians. It's the Great Commission for all of us. We have all been called to go and share the gospel with Jesus. So it's not a matter of if you've been called into the mission. You've been called. <laughs> Congratulations, you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The gospel hits you on the way to someone else. You have been called. You go. But you pair that with Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says, does anyone know Ephesians 2.10? Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's handiwork, some say masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So we have Matthew 28, we are all called to go. And then we have Ephesians 2.10, God chose us. I just talked to our Kaiapha group this past Wednesday about how um, we're all called to do this stuff together. And like we get motivated by scripture and we're like, yes, let's go do this thing. Let's take you know, the universe for Jesus. And then we, we talk ourselves out of it. 
I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. I don't know enough scripture. Jesus would never use me. And we talk ourselves out of it. With these two scriptures, with Matthew 28 and with Ephesians 2.10, we are all called to go. We just have to figure out with Ephesians 2.10 that there are great works in, that God prepared for us in advance for us to walk in them. We just have to figure out where. Which hopefully some of the things that we talk about today, you'll be able to figure that out. So everyone has a calling. Not everyone is called into full-time ministry. There is a difference between being called, the Great Commission, and then commanded. So when we were talking to Jim Palmer... And um, we were. Tr- I knew I had a call, but Kyle was still trying to figure out his. Um, Jim was the question that Jim asked Kyle that really solidified things was, "If you don't do this, will you be in trouble with God?" Is a really important question to ask. If you don't quit your job and become a pastor and plant a church, will you be in trouble with God? There's a difference between being called and being commanded. We're all called to do the Great Commission. Some of us are commanded to be vocational ministries. Ministers. Thanks. So the idea of like um, a square can be a rectangle, but a rectangle can't be a square. I hope that makes sense for somebody. So in Ephesians 4, I have a lot of scriptures for you. (laughs) Ephesians 4. 11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. So the, the call to ministry itself comes from Jesus. Jesus calls people to be apostles, to be teachers. This is Ephesians 4.11. Calls them to be pastors and teachers. That comes from Jesus. Fundamental truth number all this I promised you is getting to a point. Fundamental truth number 11. A divinely called and spiritually ordained ministry has been provided by the Lord for a fourfold purpose in leading the church. So a person who has been called to full-time ministry has four objectives. To equip the church for the evangelization of the world, for worship of God, for building up the saints, and for meeting human needs of ministries with like love and compassion. So what that means, you have some people who are called into full-time missions and full-time ministry, and their job is to equip everyone else, the saints of the church, to be able to fulfill the ministry. That means all of us are part of this thing. Does that make sense? Does anyone have any questions about this stuff while I'm going through it? Okay. So hopefully I have made a good enough case for the fact that we're all supposed to be in ministry and doing, doing the work, right? So how do you find your call? I'm going to flip to Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Because this one is a recent scripture that I don't have memorized. But I thought it was super good and I wanted to throw it in here. So Luke 21, 14 through 15. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. But I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. I was reading this the other day, and, and I felt like another one of those, like, it just hit me kind of thing. It says, make up your mind. They're talking about being able to defend themselves against those who are persecuting them and taking them to court and stuff. Um, but make up in your mind. 
not to worry beforehand. Please decide now that it's not a matter of if you were called to the ministry or if you're supposed to do ministry. Make up your mind now that based off of Matthew 28 and Ephesians 2.10, you are called. You are called in. You are called up. There is a purpose for your life. There is something that God wants to do through you. The church needs you. There is plenty of good for us to do. There are plenty of great ministries to be a part of and wonderful things happening. There's this book. Oh, I forgot to bring it. There's a book um, called The Voice of Jesus. And it's like discerning the spirit. It's really good. Google it. The Voice of Jesus. In there it says, The question becomes, Which is the good that God is calling me? The good then becomes the enemy of the best because it is quite possible for us to fill our days doing good things, but neglecting the one thing that we must do to which we have been called. I work on a college campus where there are students who are very excited to do a lot of good things. And sometimes we sacrifice the best and the thing that the Lord has really equipped us and called us to do because we're so busy doing the good instead of waiting for the best. We don't ask God for clear direction on the best. We get distracted. So how do you do that? How do you get your call? Use Psalm 34, 7 it. May that be a hashtag one day. Psalm 34, 7 it. You delight in him. You spend time with him. God cares so much more about the relationship and the process to which you come through with him than he cares about the answer. I wish my students could get that. They... They're like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll try out this method. I'll sit down with Jesus, and I'll ask him what I'm supposed to do with my life. And they'll sit down, and they'll be like, okay, Jesus, what am I supposed to do? Go. And then God says nothing. (laughs) Or he's like, oh, you know, I've created you, and I love you. And they're like, yeah, 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 that's great, but what am I supposed to do for a career? And Jesus is like, I know all the the numbers of the hair on your head. And and our students are like, yeah, 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 but what should I do? God wants to delight in us. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to refresh us. He wants to know us. He cares more about that than he does the answer. Jesus is a crockpot. He's not a microwave, right? So how do you do that? You spend time with him. So one of the things um, I wanted, you guys are really lucky because you're in the small class. The other one's like 70 people and they all don't get one. You guys get one. So if you can take one and pass it around, this is an amazing resource that I'm so happy that you guys get. How to have a prayer time with God. So it's like, great, now you want to hear from Jesus. What do I do? So this even has like pre-work on how to prepare for your time with Jesus. And then it gives you sample schedules of a one-day prayer retreat and a three-day prayer retreat. Where you, oh, I love that Bible. (laughs) It's very similar to mine, and I have a friend that has one. Um... So, how to have a prayer retreat tells you about that. Oh, no, there's more people than I thought. I'm so sorry. Um, if you guys want one, I will get you one. I have a box downstairs. Um, can I see that real quick? Yeah. Thanks. Okay, so in the beginning, it gives you a schedule of how to have that. And then in the back, even. Oh, no, someone wrote in this one. I'll have to get you another one, too. It even has my name in it. Oh, was that someone? Uh, I, thought someone I thought that was just prayer. No. Does anyone else have writing in theirs? I grabbed this from a box. That's so awkward. No, if yours has been pre-prayed in, no, it's not. <laughs> give that back. I'll get you a different one. 
Okay, so you guys are married, right? Can you share one? Super. Awesome. Well, I'll give back to my husband because it has my name in it. I'm pretty sure it says. That's so awkward. Okay. Um, yeah, this is recorded. Okay. <laughs> Page 67. On that, it talks about sacred, sacred pathways. Has anyone heard about sacred pathways before? Have you heard of the five love languages? Okay. Five love languages? Okay. So it's like that, only with worship. And so people worship and experience God's presence in different ways. Some people can go out and they're out in nature and they just like, God hits them, you know? There are some people who, um, who really like ritual and liturgy. Like, there really are people in Catholic churches who are saved and love Jesus and feel God's presence there. Um, they just, like, they prefer the liturgy. There are people like me who prefer aesthetics, you know, like low lights and Christmas lights, and somehow Jesus shows up. I don't know. <laughs> so in this, there's a test in the back that you can also figure out how you experience God's presence, which I think is also just a cool thing. So what I propose to you is spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus as long as it takes Because he cares so much more about the process than he cares about the answer. Though he does care about the answer as well. Because everyone has been created on purpose and with a purpose. And we see in Ephesians 4 that it comes from Jesus. The answer comes from Jesus. You have to go to him. Right? I had slides, but we couldn't get the internet to work. So, I would also like you to write down um, gifts, test, Dot com. Yes. Let me make sure it's an S. So what this is, um, yeah, it's with an S. So you go to this website, and it's a pretty brief quiz, and you fill it out, and then it generates a report for you, and it has, like, um, it lets you know what your spiritual gifts are. So this is like administration, craftsmanship, preaching, prophecy, faith. Like it, it's, it's all of those. Not just the nine from 1 Corinthians, but it's also um, administration and that kind of stuff. There's like, I think, 22 gifts, maybe? Um, and it generates this report for you, and then it gives you your top five. And then a brief paragraph explaining what those gifts mean. And then scriptures to back those up. This is something where you can yourself do it or you can take it back to people that you're trying to mentor and have them fill it out so then they can even just have like a basic understanding of what they might be gifted in. So then now you know like, okay, so you take the test and your top one's administration and um, evangelism and um, that kind of stuff. So you're like, God's kind of starting to like stir your heart for those stuff. 
And then you start your personal prayer retreat. You go to Jesus and you say, okay, I feel like you're starting to draw my heart toward mentoring women or men, whatever. Um, but I'm starting to feel this mentoring people. And I feel like I do like admin stuff. So how do I marry those together? And you're spending time with Jesus and you're praying and you're like, you're, you're getting more direction for it. And then all of a sudden your church pops up and they say, hey, we want to start a new women's ministry, but we need someone that can also orchestrate schedules and the criteria and the curriculum. We need someone who, who can do that and have a heart for women. And you're like, hey, that's me. The Lord's been stirring this. Like, I have those gifts. <laughs> Does that make sense? So that should hopefully help you. There's also another one um, that is an APES test that now I need to find the website because I don't have it up here. I will look for it before y'all leave and I'll give it to you. Um, I'm so sorry my slides didn't work. So there's an APEST test. APEST is the Apostle, Prophet, Teacher, Evangelist, and Pastor that um, we see in Ephesians 4. Um, so the spiritual gifts test is anyone who happens to be a Christian that can serve in any area of their life in their, like people who are already doing it. Does that make sense? where the APES test is like, have you been called to ministry? And this might be the gifting that the Lord has given you to do those things. You might be an apostle. You might um, be a teacher, a prophet, that kind of thing. Um, there's another test with another website that I will give you before you leave, and you can go there and you can look at that. So here's the thing. You are needed. You're needed. It's not a matter of if you're called. You're needed. There are people who are dying of drug addiction every day. I'm going to a funeral tomorrow for the first friend that I've had that has died of a drug overdose. I'm taking my team on a mission trip to New Jersey where we're supposed to be helping with a church plant. And the first thing we're going to do is mourn and weep with these people who've just lost one of their friends. You're needed. There's homeless ministries that need help. There are foster kids who are left and abandoned who need help. There are missionaries who need staff. We need help. There are pastors who would love to do more ministries at their churches, but they need help. They need people that are going to step up and say, hey, I know that I'm gifted in this area. I will do it. They need help. Will you step up and will you help? Will you figure out what God, will you put the work in and figure out what God has called you to do? And then will you step up and take, take a ministry, take the reins, be bold, be courageous? I'd like to pray for you guys and then answer any questions you may have and then give you that website. <laughs> Lord Jesus, you are worth it. And Lord, I am so grateful for the life that you have given me. I am so grateful that you have saved me. And may I not be the only one. Jesus, would my friends here in this room not be the only one. The miracles that you have done in their lives, what you've done in them, would you do through them, Jesus? God, I pray that they would give you the time that you need to unfold their hearts, to speak truth to the lies the enemy has tried to count them out for so long. Jesus, would they give you the time? 
Would they make the room in their schedules and, and the busy schedules of school and family and kids and responsibilities, Lord, would they carve out time to give you that you may speak to them? And Lord, for those that they are mentoring, God, would you please use these these websites and, and the booklet to to lead their friends and their, their mentorees into the calling in their lives as well. Jesus, thank you for choosing to use us. You could have done it all yourself, but you chose to use us. Here we are, Jesus. Would you send us? In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So what questions do you have? Either none of this made sense and you're all like, okay, see ya, or I did such a great job explaining everything that you're like. <laughs> yeah. I have to let things set for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a season um, in the fall where I was, I was laid off for like five months and I thought, okay, this is, this is it, you know, I'm creeping up on this age and so I need to know why I'm here mm-hmm. and, you know, and I took time and I prayed and. And, um, and I, you know, and I, I started this job and I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> but I know that he sent me there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he's given me some sheep. Because mm-hmm. I don't know him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a different situation and it's a different industry and so I'm getting to learn a lot of things and I feel very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I feel comfortable at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a pleasant atmosphere. Every, you know, the leadership is very helpful. It's, you know, it's very friendly. And so, but I'm definitely out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm used to being around all my church friends. And, um, you know, it's different when you're in a secular job and you have to. I, I, I felt convicted even just this past week because I'm like, I, I let frustration get to me and like when you're so busy and trying to learn something else, there's a lot of outside frustration that comes in and then I feel like, I feel like I'm not showing Jesus and, mm-hmm. then I, and I'm like, oh, you're blowing it, stop it, shut up, you know, mm-hmm. and I just, so, mm-hmm. I'm just oversharing right now, but that's, no, you're fine. but you know, that's, so I think it doesn't look, I think, that time I was putting pressure on myself to like find out I had to have the answer and I think he just wanted me to rest we had a, a student who was a grad student grad students don't live in dorms like that's like the one thing you get to do of like congratulations you're adult have an apartment but she felt like the Lord told her that she was supposed to move into the dorms and so as a grad student she lived in the dorms and her roommate happened to be also a grad student, but she was from Texas, and we were in Ohio, so like she lived in the dorms because she didn't know anything else. Um, but again, the Lord spoke to her, do this thing, and um, she ended up. She was from a Jewish family and um, ended up coming to faith through our ministry, and it was all because of Natalie just putting herself in that position. And so, like for you having that job, like. You are the sent one in that moment, and those are your your sheep, and they are your responsibility. That's amazing. Because I, I love them, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like training together, and we've already bonded, and mm-hmm. you know. But now I'm like, okay, now 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we pray for you? Yes. What's your name? Gina. Gina. Yeah. Would someone like to pray for Gina? Hey, y'all know Jesus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, do you mind praying for Gina? Do you mind praying for Gina? Awesome. Let's do it. Father in heaven, we're thankful, Lord, that you're always present with mm-hmm. us. Lord, we can call on your name. Lord, we just ask right now that you would minister to Tina. And Lord, give her guidance and wisdom. Yes, Lord. In the position that she's in with her new job. Yes, Lord. And Lord, that her light would shine. Yeah. And Lord, it draw the unsaved to her. Amen. And Lord, we just thank you that she's in this position. And we just ask that you would bless her. Mm-hmm. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mm-hmm. name. Amen. It's okay. Jesus knows who she is. <laughs> what I think is also interesting about the calling things, um, I feel like our... I used to think, and our students think, that, like, once you get, like, a specific call, it's like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, Superman is only Superman, you know? But but at different seasons of your life, it changes. And so, like, I know I'm supposed to be a missionary. I know I'm called to be a full-time minister. Um, but now I even feel like the Lord's stirring my heart to be a foster parent and to start a church, like, adding to my call. So it changes, grows, yeah. Anyone else? That's like gifts of the Spirit. You know, we all, since we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we all have all the gifts inside us, but they may not be that, you know, one or two that manifest itself at the same time. And this later on in our life and all, it may be a different two or three or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's because we have all of them in because mm-hmm. the Spirit. Mm-hmm. We do um, evangelism on campus where we, like, go out and purposely talk to people about Jesus. And I, um, I realized that we were waiting until we had the gift of knowledge to go or the, 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 the gift of wisdom and stuff. And my husband was like, well, let's just start going. And, like, it's almost like we have to force God's hand to be like, oh, like, they need, <laughs> they need more. So that's what we're trying to do now. We're, like, we're just going out more and more and more so that way the Spirit has to follow us. Does that make sense? Like... We know we have that stuff. Let's, let's go do it. Instead of waiting for it to like come upon us, like we, we go, and then it comes through. Like, I mean, you have to fight your way through that because there's all that. Like, oh, what if they're like, oh, don't talk to me. It's that fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 We have actually had um, a harder time with Christians than we have had with non-Christians. Yeah. Yeah, please. One thing we have to keep in mind that when God formed us, He put His attributes into Mm -hmm. us, Mm -hmm. and we need to develop those. Mm -hmm. Yes. We Mm -hmm. have His attributes on the way we were conceived. Mm -hmm. Yes. Good. Um, does anyone else feel a specific call or draw toward a specific ministry, or is God stirring something in you that you would like us to pray for you? Because it's maybe it's intimidating or confusing. Anyone? It's the. 
it's the benefit of a small group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you feel like he's calling you to start ministering to the homeless in Columbus? That's awesome. What's your name? David. David. Can someone pray for David? Yeah, thanks. side? Um, I've been on the kid for about 10 years and uh, he was in jail. He's out of jail right now. But he's out of, he just called me and he says, can you take me to church? So that just happened a couple minutes ago. So wow. Yeah. So his name's Devin, so if you get a chance, yeah. pray for Devin. I want to pray for Devin. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the relationship that these two men have had. God, and I do pray for Devin. I pray that your kindness would draw him to repentance. I pray that you would awaken his eyes to see your goodness. I pray, Jesus, that, that when he does step into, into a church, that he feels your presence. God, in all that shame and guilt and lies that the enemy tries to tell him, I pray that you would, uh, you would speak truth, that you'd be able to hear him. But he'll be able to hear you. I'm sorry. But God, I pray that that Devin wouldn't change his mind. Lord, I pray that all the things that we're talking about now, that this that this gentleman would be able to explain to Devin that he has been born on purpose and with a purpose. Lord, that he would be able to to turn his life around and to seek your face and to hear your your direction and even just your delight in him. Jesus, we're talking about about spending time with you and getting away with you. I pray that Devin would also experience that. Lord, I pray that it would be a testimony of the power of God in a life. Thank you very much for drawing him to yourself. God, would you bring to completion what you've already started. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. That's awesome. Anyone else? Don't miss an opportunity to be prayed for, my friends. So uh, I would like to share. Yeah. My husband and I, we, um, so we are associated with um, New Life um, in Aurora. Mm-hmm. Could you speak up a little bit, honey? Sorry. Yeah. Sure. Uh, 
So my husband and I are part of New Life Church in Aurora, um, and we will be launching an Indian um, church next month. Yes. Um, so it's all the preparations going on, of course, praying about it. Um, sweet deep down in the heart, not afraid, but you know, Satan puts mm -hmm. those doubts. Yes. Um, you know, because it's it's not hard, but it's always in, in deep down feel like all the negativity that is that gonna come, you know, is that gonna be um, fruitful or, you know, what's gonna happen, especially the Indian community. But um, this was, um, so my husband, he's right now, he's a campus pastor. Uh, he, He's definitely in a full-time ministry, and I'm joining him. I, I still work uh, in corporate world. I work for GE, but um, so he's in school, and then you know I'll be joining with him uh, in his ministry, God's ministry, I would say. Um, and just we need to pray over this, and any because this enemy is gonna attack. Mm -hmm. and that because it's very positive. Just praying for that particular situation, and God bring people, especially non-believers, in to that area. Here and there, we do hear uh, the need people. God is providing, you know, resources. Just in, around the area, we have approximately sixty-five hundred Indians. Hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exciting though. Intimidating, but exciting. Intimidating. <laughs> yeah. What's your how do you say your name? My name is Canice. Canice? Yeah, my husband's name is Terrence. Terrence? And Terrence. Terrence. Would one of you guys like to pray for her? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Well, let me look at this other website for the um, five gifts tests. And we will. Is this anyone's first time at Synergy? Oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. First time at Synergy. 
Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Is it kind of what you expected? Okay. Awesome. Okay, so the other one, I guess I should have just known, but it's um, five. Is that five, like the number? Mm -hmm, like spelled out. So F-I-V-E, fold, survey, dot com. Dot com. Fivefoldsurvey.com.